Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Volt here, and joining me today is Alan Dibb. Uh, Alan is a serial entrepreneur, a rebellious marketer, and the number, number one best-selling author of a wildly popular marketing book. You may have heard of it. It's called The One-Page Marketing Plan. Uh, he started and grown uh, multiple companies, successfully exited multiple companies in various industries, uh, and he's really passionate about helping businesses uh, find new and innovative ways to leverage technology and marketing um, to grow their business. So uh, today, we're going to be talking about how his book sold so well. Spoiler alert, it's got over 4,000 reviews on Amazon and is, is, as I look right now, still a number one bestseller uh, in the global marketing category. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about his concept of a one-page marketing plan and how you can create a one-page marketing plan for your book uh, as an author. This is going to be fun. Alan, welcome. Great to have you here. Hey, Chandler. Pleasure for to be on. Yeah, so I, I want to start with why, why did you write this book? Like, why, why was this something that was important to you? And where did the impetus of the idea come from? Well, uh, the, it was a concept before it ever was a book. So I, I was working with my clients and I wanted them to create a marketing plan. And as, uh, as a coach, I would encourage them, I would guide them, but I got a lot of pushback, you know, too hard, too difficult, don't know where to start, don't know what to do, too expensive, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, uh, I think to some extent they were right. You know, I mean, the marketing plan is a big undertaking. And so I created a process where they could create a marketing plan literally in a single page where, you know, 20, 30 minutes, they could go through a gui the guided steps to create a marketing plan. And it was incredibly successful. So with my clients, you know, people who had never had a marketing plan before, now we're creating marketing plans uh, for their business. And so um, I, I wrote the book after that, after I saw the success of the actual concept. And, you know, for me, it was, I wrote the book I wish I had when I was starting to, uh, in my first business, because I attended every conference, every seminar, I had coaches, and I got value from each one of them. I'm not putting any one of them down, but there was nothing that took me from literally zero uh, I, and, you know, for context, I was a dead broke IT geek. Uh, I was good at what I did, but I had no idea how to get a client. I knew computers, I knew technology, all of that. I had no idea how to get a, a client in the door. And so for me, uh, I, I, I wrote the book for someone who was in, in my shoes uh, and who where we literally assume nothing in the book. I literally have a section where I give the definition of marketing. So mm. uh, we go from there to really finishing up where you can create a direct response marketing strategy, a sophisticated one in nine steps. That's so great. That's, I love yeah. that. And I love the, uh, you know, you and I are feel like are aligned on so many things and, and one of which, I mean, you're a systems guy. Uh, and so it, it's, I love that this started with a system and a framework that then became the book. And so any tips for folks who are either in a one-on-one -on -one coaching environment in a consulting environment, or maybe they're, you know, running an agency or like some sort of business where they're helping clients, 
on how to bubble up a framework from something that you're teaching all the time? Because I think that that's that's inherent probably from your IT background or maybe just the way yeah. that you think. But it's 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 I think for a lot of people that can be difficult. Uh, I see the framework as being really the cornerstone of your your thought leadership ecosystem. So not just not just your book, but um, your course, your everything that you're going to do. And and when I'm working and coaching other thought leaders, that's really what we work on. We're like, what's your framework? What's going to be the thing that you're famous for? For me, it's the one page marketing plan. For Michael Gerber, it was the E Myth. Um, then there's, you know, there's the blue ocean strategy, there's profit first, all of that sort of stuff, right? So there's a, there's a framework. And so when you've got a framework, the, the sections of your framework can become the chapters of your book, the modules of your course, the, the, the months or weeks of the delivery of your course or your certification or, or whatever you do. So, so I think the, the framework is the, the cornerstone in my view, because, you know, it's nice to read a, a, a book where, you know, it's someone's experience or someone's opinion or whatever, but I want to feel like, especially in the nonfiction space, uh, I want to read a book and think, okay, this is what I need to do next. And so many times I've read a book where it's a really cool book and there's really cool ideas and concepts, but I get to the end and I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm left with like, okay, nice book, but what now? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so a framework, I think, really fills that gap and and get, has the ability to go beyond the book, you know, it's where people yes. can go to the course, the whatever, you know, the so event. Yeah. It, and, and it takes your, it, it takes it from an idea to actual IP, right? Intellectual Absolutely. property that, that where you, you are now stamping, you know, putting your flag down on this idea, but then also, and I love that you, you touched on this is it helps bridge from reading to action. So yes. it makes your book more impactful for the reader. Um, so that's awesome. Let's, let's talk about like the marketing side of things. And I want to, I want to use your book as kind of a case study or just, you know, talk sure. about what's worked well. And then I want to circle back to an actual one page marketing plan. So that's why good. do you think this book sold so well? Like what's worked to sell copies? I mean, I'm looking, it's, it, I mean, it's sold unbelievably well. And it's, it's, it's not very common for someone to write one book and it's their first book. And it's just like gangbusters. So what, what's your secret, man? How, how has this sold so well? Well, you know, it'd be embarrassing to write a marketing book and not sell many copies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but uh, I'll tell you, my thought what my thought process was in the beginning so i'm going to tell the folks the good news and the bad news so I'll, I'll start with the bad news the bad news is a lot of people listening to this are like all right tell me the one weird trick you know the one weird hack or whatever that made this blow up and you know the bad news is that there isn't one right you know it's kind of like one weird trick to lose belly fat or whatever there isn't a weird one weird trick to lose belly fat you've got to you've got to get your ass into the gym you've got to <laughs> you've got to eat right you know all of that right so Forget about all these hacks and tricks and all of that, right? So the, the way I was thinking about it is, and this is in from what I've seen is opposite to the way a lot of authors think about their book. A lot of authors think about their book as art. So, and the marketing is kind of almost beneath them. Like, it's like, you know, if the book's good enough, if we build it, they will mm. come. And, and, you know, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes there's a, you know, a, 
something that just connects, something that's really topical or whatever. But uh, that's kind of like a random act, you know, that's like, you know, we can't predict that. So for me, I viewed uh, writing the book not as art, but as a product launch. So, and that, and that's very, very different. So a lot of authors, they, I've seen authors who will spend five years, 10 years writing a book, and then they spend three months promoting it. They're on the podcast circuit, they're on the speaking circuit, and then that's it. They move on to their next book or, or whatever. For me, it was important that this be a perennial bestseller. And uh, to do that, we we had to uh, continually be marketing. When we still are marketing it, like literally every single day, me and my team were thinking about how are we going to get this book out into more hands, to more people. And uh, for me, that was incredibly important. And so I treat this like a product. I don't treat this like a piece of art. I don't treat this like as a one shot kind of thing. I spend more time, more money, more energy promoting it now than I did when we first launched it. So we and that's how it gains momentum. Now that, that's that's part of it. The second part of it, and that is that it's just a really good book, right? Like it's a good hook. It's a good book. And so that creates a life of its own where people recommend it, people share it. Every single day, we've got people who ask, how can we send bulk copies to our clients or whatever? Now, people wouldn't do that if that was a crappy book, right? So so that that's an important part that you're actually creating a good product, but that's not the whole part of it. You know, you, you, you need to have a good product and you need to promote it, which is important. Yeah, and I, I love that you mentioned that because... This is what I talk. I call like the Toyota Camry versus the sports car book launch. Like most <laughs> people treat a book launch like a sports car. It's sexy. It goes fast. They use yeah. all this fuel and energy, but then shoo, yeah. it's going in a flash, right? The Toyota Camry just keeps chugging. And so ha- you speak to the mindset of long-term promotion and not yeah. just the short-term fly-by launch. Absolutely. But then also I think in what you spoke to, which I'd love to, to you to speak uh, more on this is, the, a good hook and a good book, um, yeah. because I think that is in itself, it, it's, it's what you, it's the purpose of what you teach. And you talk about this in your book is like the hook is what gets people to buy. It's kind yeah. of like the marketing exactly. and then the, the quality product uh, is, is what gets them to refer, to come yeah. back, to buy more. So can you speak to that of, of why having a good product isn't enough? And, and why this is important, kind of your, your, your thoughts here? Well, well, well there's, there's two things that you need to have a hit product or, or even uh, a hit book, a, anything, a course, a, any, a widget, anything, right? So, so you need to have a good product because that's going to uh, keep retention, right? That's going to keep people from refunding, from writing bad reviews, from... Uh, you know, not recommending it. So the product needs to be good. And I think most people understand that, but most people stop there. They think, hey, build it. If we build it, they will come. The product will take a life of its own. And like I said, that happens sometimes, but it's rare. Uh, Most of the time uh, in life, we don't get what we deserve. We get what we negotiate, right? So so having a good product is great for customer retention, for reader retention, for people to to refer uh, books to other people. But um, before we think about customer retention, we need to think about customer acquisition. And so the second component is the marketing or the distribution. And that's really uh, having a good strategy for how am I going to get this in as many hands as possible? What's going to make people see the title and say, hey, that's for me? What's going to make me show up in Amazon uh, when someone searches for something? Because Amazon is really a search engine. So 
Um, so all of those things, you, you want to think those things through. So yes, create, write a really good book, incredibly important, but now we need to think through the marketing side. What's going to get people to say yes? What's going to get people to click? What's going to get people to find us in search results? All of those sorts of things uh, need to be thought through. It's incredibly important. And so kind of starts with the title. I like... You know, uh, I know it's sort of in vogue to do all of these kind of weird titles where, you know, those one word titles that are really hard to understand or, or whatever. And maybe that's okay if you've already got a big audience and people will just buy whatever you, you're yeah. selling anyway. That's that's fine. Um, so, but for me, I was literally an unknown. Nobody knew me from, from a bar of soap. So, uh, so <laughs> you know, so... For, for me, it was uh, incredibly important that, and, and I can still, by the way, I can still walk through airports safely without being mobbed by, uh, <laughs> by a crowd, so no problems there. <laughs> uh, but for me, it was incredibly important that someone uh, read the title and it be com completely obvious what this is and it be like, yes. hey, wow, I need this. Yeah. Yes, and it's clear, not clever. Yes, clear, not clever, absolutely. So important. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Um, so I love that you spoke to the mindset. You you spoke to the hook uh, and, the, and the title being clear. Uh, you, you spoke to writing a great book. And then that kind of, once you, once you pour water into the bucket, it's not a leaky bucket. And, yeah. uh, and that keeps going. Anything else, like if you if you think of like, if we go tactical for a second, or even more so, I guess, it's just like, if you look back, are there are there one or two things that that move the move the most? Absolutely. Place? Absolutely. So, so um, the, uh, and I follow reader. Uh, I get reader email every single day. And I love that. Uh, you know, I don't think many marketing consultants get fan mail. So it's kind of cool to 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 get that. But one of the things that keeps coming back is I, I really wrote the book uh, so that anyone at any reading level could understand. I use short sentences, easy to understand words and phrases. I don't, it's not written in an intellectual academic way. Um, you know, I've read authors um, where their concepts are so great, but they are so hard to read because they're very intellectual, very academic. They're using weird words and phrases. And, you know, I think I read above a norm, normal person's reading level. And I still ha had to keep going back to the dictionary and thesaurus and what does this mean and what, uh, you know. So uh, I think uh, write, most people read and write at about a 12 year old's level, you know, most, and so just understanding that. So, so using short sentences, easy to understand words, um, I, I was reading the other day that um, that's part of the success of um, James Patterson, one of the top selling authors in the whole world. His stuff is just so easy to under, understand and read. He uses short sentences, short words, doesn't weird, use weird words and phrases and all of that. So I think that was very important. Um, the other thing I, I think um, I, I 
the book is almost like a course. There's action items, there's worksheets that I refer them to. So I, I always thought, how can I get people beyond the book? Because, you know, as you, you and I know, Amazon doesn't give the data of the readers, you know, who's reading the book, you really don't know. So how can we get them onto our own platform, um, capture email addresses, give them value beyond the book? So I think that's incredibly important as well. Great. Those are great tips. And it's like the the copywriting uh, the one of the fundamental rules of copywriting is write at a fourth grade level because yeah. if someone can't understand it, confused people don't buy. Yeah. Um, so this is a great point. Hey, your book has, as I'm looking right now, 4,197 reviews on Amazon. Mm, How'd yeah. you do it? Any, any, anything, anything that you did that, that led to that or that helped yeah, absolutely. you maximize absolutely. reviews? Yep. Yeah. So part of my, uh, autoresponder is uh, so when when people opt in, I ask them to write a review. When people write fan mail in, I'll reply to their fan mail. And in the PS, I'll say, "P.S. Chandler, I'd really appreciate if you left me a review on, on Amazon. It helps with the the rankings." And so, um, people love interacting with authors. And so, uh, I, I will reply back to readers. You know, and I think a lot of authors, it's kind of like a one way street. And I, I like to interact with my readers because, you know, it gives it really keeps me on the pulse of what's happening in the in the marketplace. What are what are people asking? What is the information that's coming back? And and people love hearing back from an author. And so if you've replied, taken the time to reply to an email, I think nine times out of ten people will say, "Yeah, of course I'll leave you a review. Thank you so much." Um, so I ask for it, and I ask for it multiple times. So it's one of those things. One of the best ways to get what you want in life is to ask for it, and I do, and I get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, let's uh, let's walk through uh, the one-page marketing plan um, as a concept. So sure. first off, and then, and then we'll talk about how it's applicable to authors and how we use it to sell more books. So what is it? I, I, what is the one-page marketing plan? I know that's yeah. a big question. It is a big question, but um, uh, if you visualize, uh, and I'm not sure if people will be watching this or listening to this, if you're listening to this, then uh, imagine a single page um, and it's split up into nine squares. So three blocks of three. And so the first three blocks are concerned with what we call the before phase. It's when we're dealing with people who just don't know that we exist. And we, the whole goal of this phase is to get someone to become aware of us. So it's really an awareness phase. So someone to put their hand up and say, look, I'm vaguely interested in, in what you've got to offer. And so the way that someone uh, would do that is by being in your target market through your messaging and then through the media that you're going to reach them. So they're the three major blocks of the first phase. So target market, who are we trying to reach? Who is this for? And really being very, very specific about that. Then what kind of messaging is going to land? What's going to make them say, yes, uh, I want that. Or yes, that's for me. Because that's the goal of good messaging where someone says, Yes, that's for me. And the problem uh, that most people have with messaging is they try to go too broad. They think, look, if I cast a wide net, then I'll get more people in my final. And then it's counterintuitive, but it, it's actually less. You know, when something's general, you kind of ignore it. You think, ah, oh, that you know, they they create a laundry list of products or services or who it's for or whatever else, and it doesn't land. But if if you've got knee pain and someone says, hey, we fix knee pain then you're going to say, wow, that is for me. I, I'm going to click on that. But if someone says, 
you know, we help people with knee pain, with headaches, with back pain, with whatever, like a whole laundry list. It's kind of like, it doesn't have the same effect. It's like, all right, well, another generalist. Um, so you, you want to have a message that really lands with your target audience. And then finally, the bridge between your target market and your message is your media. What media are you going to use to reach them? Now, obviously, with a book, Amazon's absolutely a critical medium. Um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, online, offline. So where does my audience live, uh, so to speak, online? And um, and then how am I going to reach them? What media am I going to use to reach them? So that's that's the before phase of the the one page marketing plan. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, I was scrambling for the unmute button. So, you, uh, so you've got the before phase, which that's the starting point. So if we're going back to uh, kind of this visualizing this grid. Um, so we got the before phase at the, at the top, and then you said the next yep. phase is the during phase? The next phase is the during phase. The, so the during phase is where we take people from uh, being uh, vaguely interested in what we've got to offer to becoming a paying client. So that uh, with that, we do lead capture, we do lead nurturing, and then we take them through finally to sales conversion. So so from a book perspective, that would, uh, that would be a, around how do we – how do we capture attention? How do we get them on our mailing list? How do we continue that conversation? And then, and then how do we convert them either to, to buying the book or buying the upsell from the book or buying your course, whatever, whatever it is that, that you're selling. So taking people from uh, being vaguely interested in what you've got to offer. So maybe they've clicked on your ad, maybe they've opted in on your mailing list, maybe they've called your office or whatever it is. So how do we take them from that to sales conversion. So it's really lead capture, lead nurturing, and then sales conversion is the during phase. And then finally we get into the after phase and that's the final three blocks. Uh, the after, and a lot of people believe marketing is finished when you've made the sale. <laughs> but uh, in my experience, nothing could be further from the truth. That's the real money is made in the after phase. And the after phase is concerned with how do we deliver an awesome customer experience? How do we increase customer lifetime value? And then how do we create a really virtuous cycle through a, a referral loop? How do we get orchestrated and stimulate those referrals? So, so basically, there's those nine blocks uh, split up into three major phases. So that's, that's what the um, one-page marketing plan is. If you're, if you're listening to this, you, you can visualize it. You can also download a copy of the one-page marketing plan canvas. It's, it's free on my website. I'm sure there'll be links to, to all of this, but it's at successwise.com. You can um, download a free copy of the canvas uh, and it'll take you through those nine steps and three phases. Oh, and that's what I was about to ask. Is there a specific link where people can go to actually to download the canvas or the worksheet? Yeah, um, the best place is successwise.com and it'll be just there on, on the homepage. So um, uh, uh, we're practicing what we're preaching. The framework is the star of the show. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, the, it's the book, it's the template, it's the course. So, um, and it really, you know, I'm proud that um, there's been over half a million people have gone through this whole framework, which is really, really Holy cool. Cow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so talk to me about how, how can authors use this, this one page marketing plan to better sell their book and feel free to use your book as a case study on how you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
no surprise, we've got our own one-page marketing plan uh, in place. And so we're very, very clear about our target market. We're very, very clear about our messaging. But um, the thing I would say is if you're marketing anything, you need a plan. And especially if you're marketing a book, a book, a book launch has so many moving parts. You know, there's the, there's the, there's the production, there's the distribution, there's the marketing, and it's a complex thing to market. You know, I was uh, listening to someone, I think it was Seth Godin the other day, who was saying, and he's right, you know, I mean, if, you, uh, if, if you've got a YouTube channel, um, I mean, you can get, you know, a video that's got millions and millions of views. It's not really a big deal. I mean, there are, there are videos that have got billions of views. Whereas if you sell a million copies of a book, that is like a smash hit beyond uh, anything in the, in the publishing space. So it's, it's kind of hard to sell books, right. Uh, to, to, to some extent. So you've got to, um, you've got to have a plan, you know, whenever you're, dealing with anything complex and uh, professionals have plans, you know, so pilots have a flight plan. The military has a military operations plan. Your doctor has a medical treatment plan. And so if you're going to be marketing something, you need a marketing plan because professionals have plans. So if you're planning to be a professional author uh, uh, or a professional thought leader, you need to have a plan about how, how you're going to be marketing yourself. So it's incredibly important to, to do that. And, um, this is really here to help you uh, go from zero to hero when it comes to to planning your marketing um, and and doing it in a easy to understand framework that will take you through through it step by step from someone not knowing that you exist to being a raving fan who buys more from you and who refers new new business to you. Yeah, and so I want to walk through these kind of nine steps at a glance um, and, I'll, and, and, and just dive in. So with, with some of your book stuff, so you've got target market message to the target market and then media that yeah. you would use to reach the target market. Yeah. Um, what would you say those three things are for the one, for this book, for the one page marketing plan? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm very, very clear on who my, my target market is. So I wrote this for the confused business owner, small business owner. They're doing maybe, zero to $20 million in revenue. Um, they've already got a business that they're, uh, they're, that's working, but they want to kind of level it up. Um, they're open to personal development. You know, obviously someone who's a book reader is into interpersonal development, generally speaking. Um, they're usually already spending money on advertising. Often they're selling pretty high ticket items as well. Um, I've got an age group. Um, so I, I'm very, very clear about who that is. So if you're an author, you want to be very, very clear who is going to be my reader. So um, is it is it going to be young adults? Is it going to be older people? Is it going to be someone who's got a particular problem? Maybe you you solve a very, very specific problem. So you want to be very, very clear about who that is. Because the other thing is, that you need to be aware of, and I'm sure I'm sure you've spoke to your audience about this, Chandler, is that the Amazon algorithm is really good at finding like audiences, right? So, um, so if you're if you're kind of just all over the place, scattered, um, the Amazon algorithm is going to have a lot of trouble trying to figure out who are who is this book for. Whereas if you're very very clear on who this book for, and Amazon sees, hey, the same type of people keep buying this book, 
that's when the uh, algorithm kicks in and it, it and it knows to recommend Chandler this book because you know Chandler looks like one of the other people who buy this book. So being very very clear from as an author who your people are um, is very very important. I think it's Seth Godin who says um, uh, stuff for your people, not people for your stuff. Right, meaning find your audience first and then give them what they need rather than mm. creating something and then trying That's to find great. people for, for it. Yeah. So That's so great. And the riches are in the niches as they say. So get absolutely. specific about who you're helping. So we're going to talk through the, 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 some of the first phases and then you, you touched on step four already, which is the lead capture system, which, mm. it, you know, you do that through the book and it's by creating the framework, it's creating resources. It's a way to get, folks who Amazon wouldn't give you their contact info. So exactly. there's additional bonuses and stuff like that. Then you you've touched on number five as well, the lead nurturing system. And so communicating with them kind of beyond the book, asking for reviews, things like that. Yeah. You want to say something? Like that? And I think, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of authors do the additional bonuses and I have to say, I rarely go to the additional bonuses unless it's something super compelling, but if you can mm -hmm. make, if you can make the book almost useless without the the bonus, without the reference uh, outside material, I think that's a better better way. And I'm not saying purposely disable your book, but if you've got if you're working with a framework, then the the template or the app or whatever it is is going to be pretty key to it, right? So if it's like, hey, get a bonus chapter or whatever, I can take that or leave it. But if it's like central to the concept of the book then I'm definitely going to go to the website, download yeah. the, the app, download the framework, whatever, whatever it is. So, um, so I would think about the, the opt-in mechanism very, very carefully about what is going to really compel someone to go and opt-in on my list um, and make it a key part of uh, addition of, of the book as well. That's super smart. Let's, uh, let's talk about the kind of point six in the, in the plan, um, which is the sales conversion strategy. How, what does this look like for you? Like, how do you use this book as an entry point into your business? And I guess you could consider the sales conversion strategy being them purchasing the book. But then I yeah. think what's interesting is the beyond the book piece, like you kind of mentioned earlier. So how do you take someone from book buyer to, okay, now they're doing business with you? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, I've got probably the world's simplest funnel. You know, I know people go crazy with, funnels and upsells and downsells and all this crazy stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I like all of that stuff as well, but um, I've got probably the world's simplest funnel. It's uh, people read the book. They opt, in, uh, they opt in on the mailing list. Um, on the mailing list, I give them a lot of value. So I'm not just spamming them and trying to upsell them and stuff like that, but I'm giving them a lot of value. And I think about it this way if they were paying to subscribe to my mailing list, I want to make it worth their, their money to subscribe. So I want people so, you know, so enamored with the content that they would actually pay money to subscribe to my mailing list. And I'm sure if I put a paywall in there, I would get a lot of subscribers. Um, so I think of it that way. So I think of my mailing list as a product. And then I do have a commercial message attached to it. I use uh, Dean Jackson's super signature where, hey, by the way, we've also got the course, by the way, we've also got the coaching and all of that. But what I, what I do in my, um, in my emails is I encourage 
uh, interaction. I encourage reply. So I'll say, look, reply uh, and tell me what you're doing with X, Y, Z or whatever. And so the reason I do that is because that creates conversations and we know that conversations lead to conversions. If you're selling anything of reasonable value, you're going to need to get into a conversation, whether it be by email, through a, a discovery or strategy call or whatever else before you make the sale. And sometimes that's really fast. It could be through just a, a back and forth email or through a checkout page or whatever, but um, really understand that conversations lead to conversions. So the goal of your nurturing phase should be to create some of those conversations. So ask questions of your audience, have those uh, back and forth interactions and replies. And so for me, it's a very organic thing. You know, if I had to wake up every morning and think I've got to make 20 cold calls, I would hate my life. <laughs> so, but whereas uh, I, I get to open up my email inbox and I see people have replied to some of my uh, autoresponder emails and, you know, some people are asking me to appear on their podcast. Some people are asking me to speak at their event. Some people are asking for coaching. Some people are asking to buy the course. That's an awesome way to do business. I love that where, where it, it creates a lot of goodwill and a lot of inbound. I don't have to do hard sells and do these crazy offers and upsells, downsells, funnels and all of that sort of, sort of stuff. I'm just really the goal of my nurturing phase is creating conversations with people. And I love having conversations with people and, and people like feeling heard and understood. And so I think that's a, that's such a, natural and organic way of selling. I used to hate selling because I used to think that all selling used to be all about um, pressuring people and weird closes and all of that sort of stuff. But that just makes you feel weird and it makes other people feel weird. So for me, selling is now very pleasurable because it's really about having conversations. Yep. That's great. And and when it's done well, sales is a service. It uh, is. And, and, and serving and helping people. What um what would you say like the pie chart of revenue total is it largely book sales is it largely the business that comes from the book is it speaking in tandem i mean obviously with covid and all that stuff there's not a ton of speaking happening besides virtual but what does that kind of revenue pie chart look like for you yeah um so you would be surprised how much i do from from the book i think um we do well into the six figures to, uh, in royalties uh, from the book but it's it's definitely not the majority of the business so um if i had to um, pull a percentage, I would say maybe the book sales are 10% of the revenue of the business. So, so, um, and I'm self-published, so I make more than a, a published author would. Um, but yeah, we do well, well into the six figures uh, in book royalties every year. Um, and now I'm working on my next, uh, on my next book, but, um, but yeah, I see the book as one of the best uh, lead capture and lead nurturing mechanisms because people come in really warm. They're not, you know, when yeah. people come in on a discover a strategy call, they're not like, Hey, what is this? And how much does it cost? And, and what, what is this about? They're like, Hey, I read your book. I understand your process. I, I, I love what you, you're doing or whatever. <laughs> how do we get, how do we get started? Right. So it, you're having conversations at a much higher level. And I'll tell you a story actually. Um, uh, I don't consult in the corporate space much anymore, but I, I used to a few years ago and um, uh, I was, uh, I walked into a pitch meeting where we would pitch to, to do like a six figure consulting deal. Uh, and uh, I walked in and the whole, the whole executive team is there. 
and they all had a copy of the book and the CMO of the company asked me to autograph her copy of the book. And I'm like, uh, in, inside, I was like smiling. I'm like, you know, they're asking, I'm here at a pitch meeting and they're asking me to autograph the, the book. The, uh, the, the next guy is going to come in with, with his flimsy business card and his little pitch deck or whatever. <laughs> and of course, you know, yeah, you know, it was a slam dunk. It's like, you know, and I, I think of a, um, of a book as like the nuclear weapon of business cards. It's just such a powerful tool as a, as a business card. So of course I, I won that deal and um, you know, it was, was no competition. So uh, if you, if you're in, in the coach or consulting or thought leadership space, uh, having a book as a business card is so powerful. That's awesome. I was writing that down because I, I, I always say, you know, a book is the new business card, but I've never heard a book is the nuclear weapon of business cards. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I got a couple of final questions for you, Alan. And, and two cool. of these, I'm just, I'm personally curious on, I know I saw where your book is. Um, so I kind of go lightning round. I saw where your book is. It's being used as a textbook in multiple colleges. Yeah. That happened. Well, that was a surprise to me. I mean, um, which is really, really funny because I dropped out of business school. <laughs> so, um, so Same. now, uh, <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, I it happened a couple of years ago where one or two colleges wrote back to us and said, "Hey, hey, we're using your book in our entrepreneurship course. Do you have any teaching resources?" And I, we were like, "What? Like <laughs> they're using our book in their college course?" And then, um, and then uh, more and more came out of the woodwork. And then we started actively marketing it to some uh, some of the professors. And so we we got take up there. And what I like about that is, you know, every every term or semester, um, a whole new batch of students order copies of the book. And we've got the the university bookshops asking us where do we get copies of the book and, and all that sort of thing. So it came about um, by accident, but through that accident, we started purposely marketing it to them as well, which is really, really cool. And and we know that people who graduate from these programs are going to go on to be marketing people in in companies and things like that, which is, which is really, really cool. So um, I think the lesson from there is to really uh, watch out for you know, unexpected places where your book is being used and then yeah. do double down on those. So, um, so that was kind of really cool. That's a great lesson. Um, totally separate topic, foreign rights. You, you publish the book in multiple languages, it looks like. And I noticed the, the Spanish version is, is selling pretty well and has like 200 something reviews on Amazon. So self-published book, foreign rights. Why did you do it? Uh, how how did you do it? Like any any lessons learned for other self published authors looking to sell the foreign rights to their book? Yeah, yeah, we've got the book now in about seventeen or eighteen languages. So every every few months, and uh, four copies or four or five copies show up at my office in some language. I, I just had Polish come in. So um, so most of the foreign rights deals uh, are done by like full on, full on foreign publishers. So they will usually um, uh, inquire, they'll say, you know, are there other rights in Polish or Spanish or whatever available? And, and if they are, we'll say it is, and then we'll, we'll get into a conversation around, around royalties and advance and all of that. Um, the Spanish edition is the only edition that we've actually self-published ourselves um, no as the foreign edition. And I think I'm going to do a German edition as well myself, because we, uh, I keep getting requests from people in Germany. I think it's a good market. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to do a, my own translation. All the other translations have been done by 
by publishers who've come to us and bought the rights from us and and do it. And um, I think our 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 most unusual country is Mongolia. So so we've got a Mongolian Whoa. edition, <laughs> which is crazy. That's like, awesome. and what a cool um, feeling. It is. It is cool. And um, we, it's it's unfortunate. It's I don't know. Fortunately, or unfortunately, um, in some regions, it's been pirated. So in I- Iran, it's been pirated. So I get, I get get fan mail from people in Iran saying, "Hey, love your book and all of this sort of stuff." <laughs> and when that first happened, I thought, "Hang on, we didn't translate our book into Persian, and uh, so someone's taken it and pirated it in Persian." No so way. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, and I know we're right at time here, but. Quick follow-up on that. How do you decide whether to self-publish or sell the foreign rights? Like Spanish self-publish foreign rights. You're going to, it yep. looks like, do it, do it in German versus so, other countries you've sold. Yeah, so most of the time I, I just, you know, because if I have no connections into that country, I have no, no one that I know, I don't really know the culture or the language or whatever, I'll just sell the rights to the publisher. So nine times out of 10, I'll do that. But some bigger markets like Spanish, um, and I do have connections into Spanish-speaking countries, and same with Germany, um, again, big market, and um, I do have some connections into there. So that's where I'll, I'll take kind of a chance and, and do my own, because it, it is expensive to pay for translation. You'd have to do typesetting and editing all over again. And so there is quite an investment. So markets where you you understand the culture, maybe you've got some connections into there, um, you've got some reasonable way of getting in there, um, then, then I think it makes sense to self-publish. If there are markets that you just have no idea, you don't understand, you don't know anyone there. So for example, for me, Chinese, Japanese, a lot of the Asian sort of cultures, I just have no idea. I don't know anyone there. I don't understand the culture very well. So I just let the publisher run with it. So, and I just sell the foreign rights there. Alan, it's been awesome. Knowing what you know now, what would be kind of your parting piece of advice uh, and or your your advice to Alan from how many ever years ago and all the other <laughs> Alans out there that are thinking about writing their first book? Well, to to me, I'll, uh, and I'll, I won't give you book specific advice, but I'll give you product specific advice because I think um, a book is a product. Is uh, the best marketer wins every time? You know, that's something that a mentor taught me, and I wish I'd learned that much earlier. I wish the best product won every time. I wish the most deserving people got paid the most. I wish all of that sort of stuff, but that's not reality. So you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. And so really in life, uh, we see that the highest paid people are the people who are the best at promotion, the people who are the best at marketing. So the best marketer wins every time. So I'd encourage you to think of yourself as a marketer of books rather than just an uh, an author or someone who's writing about uh, a particular concept is, you know, the best marketer wins every time. So your job is to become a marketer of what you do. Yeah. As Robert Kiyosaki would say, it's called best selling author. Best not selling best author. writing author. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So Alan, this has been awesome, man. Where can people go to find uh, find out more about you, um, to buy your book, um, yep. and to find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, so uh, the book is the one page marketing plan. It's incredibly popular on Audible. So audible.com. Um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy books. Um, my website is successwise.com and you can grab a free copy of the, the one-page marketing plan canvas there and um, join in the conversation. I'd love to hear from everybody. That's awesome. Alan, thanks again. My pleasure, Chandler. 
Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.